I am so grateful to Brian and Jill, and I think they said it from their heart there, and that is this is not so much about them as it is about really just being a witness to the fact that um, every one of us have a story. Every one of us have an opportunity to um, have a story written. There are opportunity costs, as Brian said, that if God isn't involved in it and he isn't moving in your life in some way, you may be missing benefits you would have no idea of. So I just want you to think, what is your story? How is it being written? What what look like? You know, kids, you know, when you were little, some of you, or maybe you're little now, how your parents would sit down and they would write this story, or they'd read a story that had been written and you would listen to this story. In reality, we are eternal beings, and our story is being written right now. We have physical bodies that are temporal, and if you're like me, you feel it decaying daily, right? And your story will be told. Your story is something that God believes to be precious. And he wants to be involved in it. So I want you to think about that as we pray. Father, would you lead us and guide us and help us to understand how we might be more fully engaged in your story and in the writing of that. Help us, Lord, to also recognize that we all come from different places and in the great thing about you is you, you accept us where we're at. There are some I know who kind of look at this and go, this is a church thing, a religious thing, and, and may feel like um, they're very just not sure they want this God the church even talks about, or the Bible talks about writing their story. God, we know there's people who come also who say, God, I like little of you in my story. And all the way to some who are eager saying, how can I be a part of the story you're writing, God? Wherever we're at, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you might speak to us and help us understand what our next step is in you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. We've highlighted through this series, Love Cost Everything, and we are at the end of it now. So we go next week into a series called Joy. But we wanted to wrap it up because we've been talking about stories and we wanted to have another story. And throughout this series, we've had story upon story. We started out this series with Stephen Corey, who is a, a pastor in Bethlehem and Jerusalem in Israel, overseas, and we heard about his story. We heard about the story of sacrifice. We heard the story that he actually had seen his uncle martyred before his eyes. He has had in his story the kind of cost that, that paid the price of individuals, yet through it learned forgiveness and talked about that. We've heard stories, as Ruth Connor shared, um, one day she went into Panera like she normally would do, and she'd sit down with her cup of coffee, and she'd begin to journal. And she had this was her time, her space. You know how you have that time? This is your time, your space. And as she was sitting there, she saw some ladies with burkas on, and she noticed them with their little children, and she felt this nudging that she should go over there. The cost was to leave what she normally does to go over and do something that seemed like, you know, I don't even know these ladies, these I believe they were Somalian ladies, and start talking with them. And, and as a result of that today, she's in an email relationship with one of the individuals. And we use these stories, which we talked about Sandy Gilbert, who came up and shared that when she was young, she would have, um, she, they loved the holidays, and they would get all the family together, and they got all the holiday kind of um, uh, things that you would, you would buy and purchase and enjoy together as a family until one day, not long ago, really, God began to prompt in her heart the need to open her home to others. And as we started this ministry with the U of M and the Chinese students through Hospitality Center, 
she invited some into her house. And as a result of that, this last Thanksgiving, we had 30, 40 students or more in homes of people within this church. We talked about stories where people would take this little step and they would move into it. It cost a little bit and somehow God began to move and change things. Laura Hunter shared about learning about this whole sense of generosity, not being just financial, but so much greater than she ever thought. And last week when our guest Sherry spoke about the fact love costs everything, sometimes it means forsaking all, where her community, her family basically rejected her and she had to move into a place where God began to give her a whole new family. And then we hear this story. We've asked for your personal stories. What is God doing right now in your life? You see, our lives are stories written by your own hand. The sovereign, um, almighty God is so loving and so kind. One of the greatest gifts that he gives to you and to me is the gift of free will, the ability to choose. It is this idea that you have the ability, in a sense, to write, to pen your own story. And so in the writing of that story, you have the ability to choose. And we see this from the very beginnings of the story of, of God's word in Genesis. When you see um, a man and a woman are created and they're in a garden, in this garden, they're tempted. And in the garden scene, you'll see there's no, there's no mention of God. God seems to be strangely absent. And it's one of the ways that the Old Testament, through a story, teaches the fact that God, even in that kind of situation, is stepping back and allowing Mankind to choose. To exercise this gift. And then it's kind of interesting because you go on in this story after they make a really bad choice. God comes in and he doesn't come in kind of pointing a finger, being angry like you might think. He comes in and he starts asking questions. They're hiding. They know they feel shame. They feel the guilt of a choice they made. And they're hiding behind these leaves. And God calls them and he asks them questions. The reason he asks questions is to get them to think responsibly about their choice and the choices they're going to make and the implications of their choice. You read through the New Testament and all through the Bible, but through the New Testament, you read the story of Jesus and Jesus is often going around. He's teaching. He's not saying you should do this or that. He's saying, here's the truth. Here's reality. You can live in it or not. And he's often asking questions and people say, well, yeah, Jesus was, you know, using one of the techniques of their day, the Socratic method and I think Jesus was doing what his father in heaven does to us. He asks us questions. He's constantly asking us to kind of understand the choices that we're making. And I would hope in this message as we speak, you would just kind of sit back for a second and allow God to penetrate your heart with some questions. To allow you to begin to think about my, your own story and what does your story look like and how does it involve God? Jesus tells us in his word. Yet we have the opportunity, if I was to put it in Scripture, I'd say verily, verily, which means truly, truly, I say to you, you have the opportunity to write your story with or without God. Listen to the words of Jesus in John five nineteen, And if you look at it in context, Jesus is just saying to a group of people who were, who were standing there, and it says they were persecuting him. They were coming against him because they didn't like the story he was writing and the way he was in his life forcing them to ask questions about their own story. And so he, he looks at him at one point and he, Jesus says to him, my father is always at work to this very day. And I, too, am working. And then a little bit later on, he answers them and he says, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He's talking about, you know, his life as the pen in God's hand can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, now look at this, the son also does as well. So I do, in a sense, write this story and yet my father is writing through me. 
How does that work? What does that look like? The message puts it this way in the context in John chapter five. So Jesus explained himself at length. I'm telling you this straight. The son can't independently do a thing, only what he sees his the father doing and what the father does. The son does. The father loves the son and includes him in everything he's doing. But you haven't seen the half of it yet, for in the same way that the father raises the dead and creates life, so does the son. The son gives life to anyone he chooses. Neither he nor the father shuts out anyone. That's an interesting thing. He gives life to anyone he chooses, but he doesn't shut out anyone. How does he do that? Because, again, it's about choice. He chooses. He wants to be involved in every person's life that he's ever created. And yet he doesn't shut the door on you. He's giving you the opportunity to open the door to him. And what does this look like in your own specific area in your life today? He goes on and he says, the father handed all authority to judge over to the son. So the son will be honored equally with the father and anyone who dishonors the son dishonors the father. For it was the father's decision to put the son in the place of honor. It's urgent that you listen carefully to this. Anyone here who believes what I am saying right now and aligns himself puts their, their life, their story, their, the pen of their life, in a sense, in his hands with the Father, who has, in fact, Jesus has put me, Christ, in charge, has at this very moment the real lasting life and is no longer condemned to be an outsider. You're inside the story. And this person has taken a giant step from the world of the dead to the world of the living. And one of the things that we talk about in our church, if you read our mission statement, our, our mission is this, is to help all people take their next step, whether it's large or small, to know and to follow Jesus, to enter into his story. And so everyone right now is writing a story. Every one of us, through the choices we make daily, are adding sentences and pages and chapters to our story. Right now, you might be able to isolate the particular chapter and maybe some of the pages. In the next few days, you'll be writing the sentences to that. And the question is this, are you writing it with or without God? In what way is God involved in it? It's real easy, and some people, if you've been in the church a long time, of course I'm writing it with God. And some of you may be here and you might be in a situation where you're going, you know, I'm just too sure I want God involved in my life. And you you kind of go, I'm okay without God. I feel like I've done a better job. I've seen the way God writes some stories or I've seen someone who claims that God's writing their story. But I ask you, have you ever invited God, truly this God who reveals himself through Jesus into your story, into your life? Have you said, Father God, I invite you to begin to influence me and my story? And I, I believe there's good reasons why people don't. Because they have had influences as they've grown up. It may be that they have had an authority figure who has claimed to have the writing of God through their life over them, who is very controlling and, and is very disciplinarian and is very angry and is very judgmental. Or you may have grown up in the context of a church where you have found that it was very legalistic. It was one of these kind of things. It was, you know, this God, if he's going to write my life, it's boring. It's a killjoy. I don't think I want this. Or you've seen maybe the effects of religion. You go, I don't want that. And I would tell you that God would say he doesn't want that either. Because you may see God for all kinds of reasons as boring or over controlling or just, you know, legalistic or angry or vindictive, or you might see him as distant and removed. And often the result of that and those caricatures are formed sometimes by others in your life. 
And one of the things that God calls us to do is people say we're following God is to begin to present a picture that's more like him. But I want to share we don't ever always do it well and we need forgiveness and we seek as best we can. And yes, there will be hypocrites and there will be people who are trying to live it out the way they're supposed to. But here's something you need to realize. The thing that God wants you to know, and here's your choice, is there is a real God. And he shows up sometimes in people who are imperfect and you may even being be touched right now. Your heart might be moved by the very reason you're here is because someone's story is touching your life because of God. But here's one of the things I encourage you to think about. All of us have the opportunity to have God reveal himself, the author of the story through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's the place you want to look as to you look to his word. And I challenge you, if you're in this place right now and you're really deciding, do I really want God to write the story with me or without me? That kind of thing. I encourage you to take a look at that story. You know, I I had to share with you, I was thinking about this, and and as I was preparing this part, the elections and the campaign ads came to my mind. And whatever you think of the past election, I think you could all agree with me this, with this. Thank God the political ads are off the air, right? I mean, seriously, if someone from another country came during our political ad time and just sat down and were watching those ads, they would probably ask you, why in the world do you as people promote any of these kind of candidates? Because they all seem crazy. Right. They all seem. Why would you want a bunch of extremists? Well, what I want to share with you is often what I believe um, will happen in life. And I think Satan, there is this being that will try and distort the picture. You will have these pictures and these ads are nothing like in that sense. This God who loves you, who showed up in Jesus Christ. So you read in Hebrews, he says very clearly in Hebrews one, verse three, the sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. If you want to see this God who wants to be a part of your story, as the message says, the sun perfectly mirrors God and is stamped with God's nature. The Phillips translation, I like the way it says that Jesus is the flawless expression of God's very nature. John 1, 1 calls Jesus the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. It goes into John 1, 14, where it says the word referring to Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling. He lived for a period of time among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And what he basically is saying in this passage of Scripture in a very simplistic way is in the same way we use words to express our hearts, in the same way God uses his son, he sent his son to express the heart of of God the Father. Think about it for a second. When you're in a situation and and you're needing to kind of get on the same page, you you have to express words because you need to express what's going on in your heart. And God, because he knows where you're at, uses his son to express his heart. So when you look through scripture, you begin to see who Jesus is and the way he reacts to hypocrisy, the way he reacts to people who are in uh, in, in and doing things with in with injustice and and in caring for um, themselves and selfishly looking for themselves. You look at the way Jesus responds. You see the heart of God. Now, for those of you who have um, grabbed the pen and have asked God to write the story of your life, and you're kind of saying, well, I'm, you know, I, I moved to a place beyond that. For those of you who have said, God, I want you to write, I want you to be a part of my story. I want you to write with, with you. You're saying, with, with me, God, write, write my story. The key word there is my story. You're probably saying, of course I want to write my story with God. That's why I go to church. That's why I read the Bible. That's why I serve in a ministry. That's why I give my money. That's why I do all these things to be good. 
But again, if you're like me, or if you're human, if you are someone who is imperfect, if you are prone to be selfish, anyone that way? You probably do a lot like I do. You forget the fact that it's not your story that you're writing. God's inviting you into his story. When Jesus called his disciples to follow him, they, they left everything, not to say Jesus come into our boat and make us really great fishermen. Jesus said, leave everything and follow me. Go into my story. Catch that for a second. There's a big difference there. Our tendency, my tendency, the tendency of a person who says, yeah, I want God to write my story. Our tendency is to invite God into our story. We try to, in a sense, shoehorn the infinite, unlimited, sovereign God into our little finite, limited stories. Have you used a shoehorn before? You know, when you take these shoes and they're just not big, and you're trying to shoe, you get your, you know, shoehorn that foot into that shoe. It just doesn't work. I can promise you, God is not going to fit into your little story. And by that, I mean, this is what we do. We try and fit God into our storyline. And we often say something like, God, I, you know, if you're praying, maybe you're dating someone or you're, you're um, with, you, you, you are getting married. You're going to bless me with a partner who really loves me and cares for me. And you invite God into your story. You say, bless me, God, with a fulfilling career. And bless me, Lord, as you get married and you start your career with a good home and 2.3 children in a really nice neighborhood in a great school district. You ever find yourself asking God to come alongside you to bless what you're about? And I'm not saying that's not wrong at times as you as you kind of seek to know and understand what God's doing. But so often it can become just the opposite. Instead of leaving all and entering into God's story, we just still get back in the boat and we say, God, would you get into the boat with us? And if Jesus would have done that, just imagine he might have had a really big fishing enterprise that would in a generation or so, probably because the kids wouldn't handle it well, not be around. Right. And Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't do that with you or me. He says, I got something far better than that because I am so infinite and great and sovereign and I can see 20 years down the road. He can say to a Brian and Jill 20 years ago, here's all I'm asking you to do to take this little step of love, which will cost you everything. But you don't even realize the little bit of cost right now. But what I'm asking you to do is give a little bit of time. And then over time, as God gets a hold of your heart, he draws you further into his story as you love him more. And as you go along in time, he opens up a story you could never imagine. And, and God's doing that with some of you right now. You're at this place where you've been kind of writing your story and God's been blessing your story. You might be at this place right now where you've been living without God and beginning to be here for the first time. I mean, God could actually come in and change some things in my life and move me to a place that I could never dream of. Yes, he can. Now, I'm not talking about big, grand things that you're maybe running this or that. I'm just talking about the kind of changes it makes in you as a person. In the fact that maybe as a young couple, you invite God into your life and he begins to invite you into a story. And as he begins to do it, he begins to change your character. So he begins to change you so that you can be the kind of spouse that you need to be with your wife. And you can be the kind of parent you can be with your kids. And all of a sudden he begins to rewrite your story. And maybe one of the greatest blessings you'll get is that God entered into you and changed you and changes things around you. But you have to be willing to say, God, I'm going to quit trying to shoehorn you into my story. I want to start asking you to lead me into these places where I will choose day in and day out. When I get up in the morning to write a new page to say, God, what's the story that you're writing in my life? What is it that I can enter into? And I can promise you. Every time you do it, the the key thing will be love. It will cost you. It will cost you 
when you're sitting in your car and God's going to be saying, I want to teach you patience because the story I write needs to be around the character. I need a kind of a pen that is like me. And so what I'm going to do is you're sitting in the car and you're, you're ready to honk the horn and you're standing in a line and you're tired and you want the people to move faster. But for some reason, they're now starting to fill out an application for a credit card. Right. You know, you've been that. Do you know there's great opportunities to invite God into your life and for God to invite you into a story? Because you know what will happen? I, I do this all the time. I'm sitting there and I'll get all worked up because I'm trying to find the fastest way into the next line. And I miss the very opportunity that God might be using in my life at that moment to build character. And possibly there might be something he wants me to see. But I'm so selfishly saying, God, get me to a faster line. I'm a busy person and I got a lot, right? God might be coming to you right now and he might be speaking to you about your attitude and, 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 and you might need to move into this whole series we're talking about about joy. You've lived your life in a, such a way where the things around you, you know, you come to Thanksgiving and we all like to do it. And we all go, God, thank you so much around Thanksgiving. We stuff ourselves and we get through Thanksgiving. We forget about being thankful again and we lose our joy. And we begin to complain, and you know, the pastor spoke a little too longer today or this or that, you know, anything you can and you lose your joy. And this might sound kind of funny and kind of silly, but this is exactly how God calls us to write the story that he's entered, that he asks us to enter into with him. The key thing is this. God comes in. He calls you to be kind. He calls you to be good. He calls you to do these things. Even when you don't feel like it, you allow the Spirit of God to allow your choice to move into these places. You recognize your need of Him. You even may say, God, I have a trouble with anger. And you need to get real with it. And God will lead you, if you're willing, open to it, to people. And if you begin to share with it, He'll lead you to places where He changes you. And here's the big thing. He changes your character through His love in your life. And as you begin to express your love to others, He begins to change others around you. That's the way he writes his story. And each of those steps, obediently, day by day, as you write these sentences, as you write this next page, as you write this chapter, and you look back at it and you go, and you see the love of God beginning to move into it, every chapter will open up the things you couldn't imagine. That's the kind of God we serve. And I encourage you to think about this. And there's a way to do this. If you've never done it before, for some of you, there is a big commitment you need to make. And that might be the most dramatic beginning chapter of your life today where you make a commitment. You say, God, I've been writing this story without you. I've looked at the caricatures. I've seen the ads around me. And I recognize now that's not who you are. God loves you right where you are. He has actually, through his son Jesus, paid a price on a cross to forgive you of your sin. He doesn't want you without him. He wants to be with you. And it's a, it's a big choice, but in, in some ways it's a, simple, it's a simple step where you open your heart before God and say, God, would you enter into my life? And, and would you begin to move in my life? And would you allow for me to enter into your story of love, grace, and forgiveness and transformation that will change me? And now, when you do that, God will begin to work. You have opened yourself up to the supernatural transforming work of God. Now, for those of you who have been saying, you know, I've been writing this story and this is kind of nice. Yeah, I should go out and love a little bit more. That's not the point. The point is this. 
Pay attention to those areas that you know don't seem right. Let people speak to your attitudes that are not right with Him. Begin to pay attention where you have these kind of troubles with people you love and start saying, God, what is it in there? Where do you need to move into me? Where does my character need to be changed? Where is it do I show up and I'm not patient, where I'm not kind, where I'm not good? Just take the fruit of the Spirit and say, where I'm not this way, God, would you begin to start writing new sentences, new pages, new chapters in my life? And the way it happens is through daily, small, unnoticeable choices of love. Or you put yourself aside, you deny yourself, you take up your cross to Jesus, you sacrifice and say, you know what? I don't feel like coming clean in this and being really humble and saying, I really screwed up to your wife or your kid or to someone at work. But you do it because you know it's right. And you admit the fact that, you know, I, this anger is not just because of this or this. It's because I've made a choice through time. And I've got to figure out what this habit is that brings me to a place of anger. Or, uh, yeah, I'm just complaining. Yeah, I, I have a right to complain. Or you say, I don't have a right to complain anymore. If I'm going to be like Jesus, I'm going to enter into his story. I need to have his spirit enter in. And love says, I'm going to begin to be the kind of person that speaks well and, and speaks praises and begins to live with thanksgiving. And I become joyful. You need the Holy Spirit. You may need to say, Holy Spirit of God, come in such a way upon me, fill me so much full that it's a daily choice by choice, opening your heart to God and saying, I put my pen of my life into your hand. Write my story. I'm going to ask the choir and the worship team to come up as we close the service. And as they come forward to lead us in worship. I want you to, to, to seriously consider this. I would hate for you to leave today and go, oh, that was another nice morning or, you know, I couldn't wait to get to the Bear Viking game or whatever it's on your mind right now. I would love for you to really seriously consider and say, God, am I trying to shoehorn you into my story? And to ask that question on a daily basis. And then in those choices throughout the day, begin to start writing new sentences. Put a new word in there. I wasn't impatient. I actually was patient today. Put a new word in there. I didn't go to my friend and complain. I actually went to my friend and said, I was so thankful for God because of what he's done in my life. Put a new word in there. Instead of, oh, I wish, you know, I had a better job. Say, God, thanks, I got a job. And start writing new sentences. And and look at this next week, if you would, to say, what is the page that can be written in a way that I love like Jesus loved? It will cost you something. But 20 years from now, I can bet you might be in a place where you could say, I couldn't believe what God did. When I gave him the pen of my life and said, I want to enter your story.